0: Hey, everybody, this is Joe Langworthy here with my co host Thomas Wolfel for episode 18 of Tailgate Talk, a six column sports podcast. Um, we are ex- almost exactly a week out from Mizzou football, um, about We're recording this on Thursday night. It's about 6.20, so we're about a week and 40 minutes away from Mizzou football. Uh, So it's getting down on the wire, getting excited, starting to see a little more black and gold around town, so that's always encouraging. Um, Yeah, Thomas, how, how do you feel that a week from now you'll be posted up on your couch watching the game? Oh, I couldn't be more excited, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, <laughs> the only time you'd be really thrilled out of your mind to watch your team play uh, in FCS school is is week one. And that's right. because you've been you've been starved of, of football for, um, you know, nine months. So I, I'm really
0: excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun now that the season's getting here. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's always the, the longest wait of the year between the bowl game and the next game. It's just, oh, yeah. It, yep. it, it seems longer every year.
1: to me Oh, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely fun. You've got a long talking season all summer, fall camp, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're going to get to see, see what teams really have and uh, how much of the talk was just that and
0: how much had substance behind it. Right. So, I mean, we started this podcast in June. We already have – this is our 18th episode, and so that means we talked about, you know, maybe – close to 18 hours just on this podcast and you know that's just insane there's yeah, just a lot we're of a talking about about
1: <laughs> we're a little different because we're we're very high we're very clearly experts on the yeah. uh
0: on it's the topic. Real high,
1: it's real highbrow you know
0: <laughs> interpretation i'm talking like
1: bill bill belichick would be lucky mm-hmm. to sit down and have a conversation about the, the art of football <laughs> yes you're exactly right but yeah yeah, it's definitely exciting
0: exciting last week at camp let's talk about how camp has gone give give a little update um things we're seeing um what are the what are the storylines out of camp this this last week that you've seen that you want to talk about yeah that's a good question um I think there's probably two
1: different pieces. One, at least, uh, is it sounds like the offensive line is maybe solidifying itself, uh, which Mm -hmm. obviously is extremely important. Um, You know, and then I think the negative is uh, it sounds like Chad Bailey's injury that I know you and I talked about actually the first week of fall practice. Um, It sounds like that's still an issue. So uh, those seem to be the, the two topics we can start with. I think the offensive line, just to start on a positive note. Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds like the coaching staff is really excited about where they're at. You know, we've talked about the offensive line left and right. I know when we went through the, um, the offensive line, uh, podcast, we mentioned that Tolleson Mm -hmm. was still working with the ones. And we talked Mm -hmm. about how that could be a positive. It could be a negative, but it sounds like he's really earned his spot at center. And that's kind of created a shuffle along the right side of the offensive line. But, uh, like they've always said, um, they're going to play their best five, and I think that's the best way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, that that shuffle being, um, we always we all assumed that Marcellus Johnson, the um, transfer from East Eastern Michigan, I believe, um, who was the yep. you know starter for them for a couple at left tackle, yeah, at left tackle. We just assumed we were penciling him in at right tackle because we had Javon Foster at left tackle, um, but. The the center um, job going to Tolson has kind of moved Cameron Johnson over to right guard and um, moved Membo out to right tackle. And you know, I think you and I talked about Membo. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the um, theory of you play your five best offensive linemen, the two most sure things on the line we're going to be Javon Foster and uh, Membo because he's one of our best offensive linemen. And so I think Cameron Johnson's better at guard than Marcellus Johnson is at right tackle, then Membo's playing right tackle. So, um, and I think that's where they want him long-term anyway. So I think it makes some sense. And I think it's going to be a good thing for the team. Um, And I think that – him him taking that job has kind of allowed them to prepare for uh what is seems to be inevitable that one of the offensive linemen is gonna get hurt. And they've kind of mm-hmm. been letting Marcellus Johnson kind of he's playing everywhere with the twos. He's playing every position, just kind of learning everything. Um, so you know, whoever gets hurt, he can just kind of plug and play, like we I think we've we've talked about it so. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a really good thing for the offensive line. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean,
1: they say they're going to play their best five. You know, uh, probably a big piece of this season is going to be how quickly they figure out who their best five is. Last year, it seemed like it took four or five weeks for them to get that figured out. <laughs> I think this, week, this year it might be a little more solidified just because you've got more returning talent that you can trust. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got guys they're excited about. Um, but, yeah, it seems like Marcel's uh, – Johnson is going to be kind of the sixth man. And like you said, with, you know, the flexibility with Mimbao, if a tackle gets injured, you can move Marcellus Johnson into the tackle spot. If it's a guard, you can move him into guard. And then maybe the the following week move Mimbao into uh, guard and Marcellus Johnson to tackle if he's more comfortable there. But I think you've got some flexibility there, um, both Mm. on the interior and exterior of the line. I know that after the – the scrimmage last weekend Drinkwitz basically mentioned that they're still looking for their seventh and eighth uh, offensive lineman i know they're excited about a couple guys last year we saw ej step in and play really well for a game and a half if he's healthy i think he's a really good option Uh, but i would bet after that sixth person it's probably going to be a it's going to be dependent on what type of offensive lineman you're looking for if you're looking for a guard um then it's probably going to be somebody like ej if you're looking for a a tackle, then it'll be somebody else. But, um, you know, I think the offensive line is, is it sounds like is headed in the right direction that like, you know, we've mentioned before, but, uh, the, the Tolleson to center and solidifying his spot there, we'll find out pretty quick if that's due to him, you know, being much better or if that's because <laughs> Cameron Johnson just couldn't play the position. So that's going to be something I think we need to look out for week one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and I I do think that it is probably like we've said. I do think it's because Hallisons are in the spot because it didn't mm-hmm. seem like there was any panic. There wasn't a all of a sudden you're hearing about Javon Foster snapping the ball, like like we got to find a center. It was right. okay. Like Cameron Johnson, you're just going to play guard because this yeah. is you know it's it's yeah, it's it, solid. So yeah, it was not a uh,
1: Cameron is struggling to pick up the position. The comments were. Connor Tollison has been much better this just, this fall than we anticipated. And so we're gonna adjust accordingly. And I think that's you know, I think that's a positive. So it's always a good thing, yeah. So yeah.
0: the other the other thing is uh you said Chad Bailey's injury um doesn't sound like it's you know season ending, but it does sound like it's lingering, which tells me it's probably hamstring. Uh um, yeah. Because those seem to be in all we've heard is soft tissue hamstring mm-hmm. i'm not a med, i'm not a doctor but i think hamstrings are soft tissue um i believe so that's how i take it you know? Yeah, so mine are pretty mine are pretty soft not, mine be <laughs> a good thing but, um, and so uh yeah that's not ever good for a football player cuz hamstring injuries just linger and just make things they difficult. don't they don't go away and so yeah. um i What I've seen is that they think he's going to be ready to go, but um, I do think that it happening in camp is probably an okay thing because it's allowed some other guys to get some time um, playing with um, alongside Hopper uh, so that they can, you know, get comfortable. Um, I think it's been, who has it been? It's been Damian Wilson, I think, mostly getting the time. Um, And then I'm sure that, Chuck Hicks is getting some, Tristan Newsom is getting some time. Um I think those yeah. are the other two main options. Um and so, you know, I think an injury is never a good thing. You never want an injury, but it creates a sense of urgency in that in those in those backups to get ready because they know it it could be coming and um and so hopefully Chad Bailey's ready to go a week from today and yeah, I Brady played. <clears throat> Maybe. I mean, I,
1: I've got a little bit of deja vu with some of the soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. we heard about last year. And those guys were never, never really 100 um, percent. I know, well, and you know, Bailey's
0: been injured. That's, that's true. Been his issue. So yeah,
1: that's true. And he missed games last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, you know, just to run it back, we mentioned, I think, the first week of camp that he had missed the first practice to for a doctor's appointment. And obviously, as we noted, that's, you know, you don't pick the first day of fall camp for your, uh, for your yearly checkup. So we knew something was going on um, and it sounds like he's either not been on the field or he's had very limited action um, basically all fall. So obviously you want him on the field. He's, uh, you know, from a talent perspective, I, I think he's very, he's talented, but I don't know that he's the most talented. I do think that he is somebody on the field that makes sure guys are in the right spot and, is very good against the run, which is something that uh, I think complements Tyron Hopper pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, yeah, they're going to, it sounds to me and, and uh, well, first off, I think that the quote from drink he had, it sounds like Dalen Carlisle has also been injured, but over the weekend he said very clearly that he expects him to be back to a hundred percent by, uh, today, actually Thursday, which is when they start their, um, their, their game prep, and his yeah. comment on Chad Chad Bailey um, basically just said uh, he's still working his way back from the soft t- tissue injury, um, hasn't quite gotten to where he's comfortable. It's kind of a wait-and-see approach. He's working as hard as he can. He's very frustrated with it, but mm-hmm. you've got to trust the process. Well, that tells me that he's probably going to miss some time. Um, mm-hmm. You just hope that he can come back in, in enough time to get a little bit of uh, – you know, work in before K-State. You don't – I don't think there. there's a situation where his first game back is K-State. I think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Damian Wilson, I think, can kind of plug that gap. And if you listen to Drink, his comments after the, the scrimmage this past weekend, he said that kind of the plan is Damian Wilson um, is going to probably be the starter. And then it sounds like on, you know, obvious passing downs they're going to bring in um, – the the junior college transfer Tristan uh, Newson I think yeah um, they'll bring in Tristan Newson uh, and and scoop uh, Tyron Hopper over and, and use that as a little bit more of a coverage you know tandem for linebackers so I think they've got a plan and they've got talented players backing them up it's not a make or break uh, loss for us but you do want them there uh,
0: obviously right. at the beginning right. of the season right yeah and and He's the guy that probably knows the defense the best. And so, um, you know, obviously don't want guys missing practice reps, but he knows right. the defense. He's not going to be able to, or he's not going to be hurt, too hurt from not getting the reps because he's still going to know where he's right. supposed to be. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, he's just got to so, be up to speed and able to get to where he needs to be. Uh, and I just don't, you know, you want to see that before, before your big, big game against Kansas State, I think. But, Right. Beyond that, so, it sounds like pretty much everything is business as usual for uh for fall camp.
0: Yeah, so um, I agree, and uh, I guess that takes us right into our our last position preview. Uh, we saved the two the two shortest for last because um, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot to say about either one of these positions. Um, one because it's an established, mostly an established guy. And the other because there's nobody that no anybody knows anything about. Um, so we'll start with the the mystery, and that is tight end. Um, we, I don't think did we have a tight end on the roster last year? Because I didn't. Yeah, see he returned one on the this field.
1: year. <laughs> <laughs> he was in one time. Remember, we did the little shovel pass to him. He catches it and immediately fumbles, and then I think maybe his, uh, you know, his jersey got
0: got caught in the wash and didn't make it out or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure his parents uh, stopped at our tailgate that game. So that was awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Rough timing. Right. So, you know, we we met these people at the tailgate and they told us they were Tyler Stevens' parents and it was like, oh, cool. That's awesome that he's here. And then it was kind of like they didn't show up after that. Um, I don't think they. (laughs) You didn't see him again. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I think he's the presumptive starter right now just because he has experience. Um, but I think that by the end of the year, the two freshmen are going to be playing a lot. Everything I, everything I hear is that the two of them, you're going to have trouble keeping them off the field with the lack of other talent in that room. Mm-hmm. And that is Brett Norfleet and Jordan Harris. Um, I think they're the the two guys that are going to get a lot of time. I think Max Wisner, who uh, redshirted last year, um, will also get some time. But, again, he's – I think we've talked about it before with him. He's not very tall. Um, When you're listed at 6'2 for a tight end, um, I'm pretty sure I'd be listed at 6'2 if I played football. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not 6'2. So, no. Um, yeah, he's he. Yeah, and that's not what he, you want. You Rex want says, the six seven that Brett Norfleet brings to the or six is which one's uh, which one's the tall one? Uh,
1: Brett Norfleet's, Norfleet's tall. Brett, yeah, Norfleet's tall. He's like six foot six or six foot seven. And then Jordan Harris is the other freshman. I think he's more like yeah. six four, six five. But he um, he came in. I think as kind of a they did. He was recruited both as a defensive end and tight end, depending on which school and. It looks like we've got him at tight end and he's been impressive. It sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that if I remember correctly came out of nowhere in terms of committing to us. Um, maybe I'm making that up, but I, he's from Arkansas, I believe. And he was just kind of like, nobody really knew what he was going to, what he was, whether he's going to be a D end or a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was one of those where you didn't really hear about him. I don't know if he really made it a big deal that he had visited Mizzou and then all of a sudden he was committed and um, right. so didn't really didn't really come in with a whole lot of fanfare because I don't think anybody really knew what he what he brought to the table. But it sounds like again, he his name just keeps coming up too. So um it's another one of those questions of if it's because they're actually that good or if there's just nothing yeah. else and um you know, I'm choosing to go with the glass half full belief and I'll say that it's because they're that good. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, and I, I am just going to have to remind myself that they're true freshmen. They're going to make mistakes. Um, you know, Luther burden made mistakes last year and you know, it happens. So, yeah, um, but I, I, for one, you know, no offense to, to Tyler Stevens and, um you know, I, I'm glad he came to Mizzou. I'm glad he transferred here, but I want to see the, the future play and at that that position because um I'm not sure he brings anything to the table that the freshman can't bring.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think last year, uh just a couple different statistics. Last year it looks like our I think our tight ends combined for a total of ten catches uh in 100, not, 100, not a hundred. Roughly a hundred not ideal. Roughly a hundred yards, I uh, it, I think the the tight ends at um, Fresno state caught right around 35 passes total for about 300 yards. So, you know, not a massive amount, but they did get used. And if you watch them, I remember, you know, I've watched a couple of their games and you and very specifically used, you know, one of those tight ends in a slot on different situations, I think I'm sure to create matchup problems. So, you know, the one thing I will say is I mean, the position can't be worse than it was last year. Yeah. And then two, I mean, you've got a, a offensive coordinator who will be a full-time offensive coordinator this year, and mm-hmm, I do think mm-hmm. that that will allow them hopefully to kind of utilize, you know, if, if you've got three tight ends and none of them are, you know, well-rounded players at this point, two of them because they're, you know, true freshmen, mm-hmm. then maybe you figure out this is what this guy is really good at, and then you can use that as a matchup tool Um Mm -hmm. you know in a game or maybe you sit there and tell the freshman all right you're going to learn how to block and you're each going to learn two routes and you can pick and choose when to you know utilize that but I just think you got to get some sort of of production out of that position that you didn't get last year whether even if that's 20 catches this year you've got to at least know that if the if the tight ends in the game there's a chance he could have the ball thrown to him. Yeah. There's a, there's uh, a threat at least. Right. Otherwise you're just kind of wasting the spot. So um, like you said, you really want to see the freshmen and see kind of, you want to see them kind of develop and improve themselves, but um, I can't imagine it's going to be a massive part of the the offense, at least early in the season. Right. right. Yeah. So
0: um, you mentioned the, the threat that the tight ends are are gonna bring and um I do think that the 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 way it really hurt us last year and is in the red zone especially mm-hmm. um you know we we all remember there were several situations where we had issues just punching the ball in the end zone um and it's because we lined up in a Jumbo formation. No threat that we were going to pass the ball. Right. The ball the whole way. All well and good. But when you're playing Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're exactly right. Drafted In the, in the first round of the NFL draft, playing D tackle every year. You're not going to be able to get any push up the middle. You have to have something else. And you have to yeah. at least... Make the defense wonder. There has yeah. to be a, well, we at least need to have somebody covering this guy. Whether or not he's actually going to be good. But it got to the point where there was just, I, I bet Tyler Stevens was wide open. Times didn't matter. But it yeah. didn't matter because we weren't throwing him the ball. So um, definitely yeah. need to just need more production out of that position. Um, and, yeah. But again, we don't know anything about anybody other than what we've seen from Tyler Stevens, and um, you know, I think the other guy, uh, Hor- Horster Camp, Horst Camp, however you say his last name, he's just kind of fallen off the map. So I don't, mm-hmm. he'll be, he'll be on the, um, you know, the field goal team. Um, but that's about that's about it. Um, and so we don't know anything about these other guys. We'll see. There's a lot of there's, there's, I think there's potential, but there's a lot of mystery, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. That's that's our preview of the tight ends. Is
1: <laughs> we'll guess we'll, guess we'll see.
0: <laughs> Flip the coin and find out, baby. Right. Um, uh, okay, so the other position group that we haven't really talked about is special teams. Um, and again this is kind of the flip side of the, of the tight ends. Um, Harrison Mevis is going to be the kicker. Uh, You know, he obviously had a somewhat disappointing year last year. Um, You know, uh, had some memorable misses, but in all reality, um, you know, I think, I think I saw, Again, I don't have this in front of me. I I didn't take good notes for this podcast. I I apologize to everybody, um, but I did. I do remember seeing somewhere that after that Auburn miss, I don't think he missed again.
1: Uh, was Auburn was the Auburn game after South Carolina?
0: I don't remember because I was at South Carolina. Maybe it was I, maybe it was that I game, and missed. then after that, he didn't he didn't miss in like the last. Yeah, four or five I games watched him, yeah i watched him miss there but um
1: yeah i mean he was very good he was a i mean he was a preseason uh, on the all-american list so you gotta hope he gets back into form it sounds like and you know he goes by the thicker kicker obviously which uh, but, i yeah. love the nickname um but he was probably a little maybe a little bit too thick last year for a kicker so it mm-hmm. sounds like he's slimmed down a little bit um but yeah i mean he's somebody that you know you always you kickers don't lose you football games but he came about as close to being the reason for a loss as you can be given that he missed a 35 yarder to win a game uh I mean that should be a chip shot but I think he's right. somebody that's that's focused this year it, uh, he's not been on social media what like he was last year I think he's out to prove himself and I mean look he wants to be an NFL kicker and he, this is going to be his year to to make that happen so Exactly. I think he'll be an asset for us again last year, early in the year. Obviously, he was a little bit of a liability, but um, I'd be shocked if that's the case again this year. I think he's somebody that, you know, when we see him running out on the field to win a football game, I think we'll feel confident.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it sounds like he might even be in doing uh, kickoffs this year, which he hadn't done before. Um, so he's – sounds like he's taking on all the kicking duties. Um the punter battle is a little different. Um, we brought in a FCS trans, grad transfer from Towson, which is in Maryland. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I did, but um, you're you're so smart. Um, they were
1: in our conference. Comp- <laughs> They're in the College of Charleston, the last school I worked at. They were in our conference.
0: So oh, so, so yeah, <laughs> so you're not you're not a, as smart as I, I cheated. Oh, definitely, not. <laughs> um, and so. Um, Transferred here from Towson, uh was one of the top punters in the FCS. He's a Australian kid, so I assume does the Australian roll out punt like LSU always does. Um and everybody just kinda thought, Yep, that's gonna be him. And then apparently we have a a walk on sophomore, Luke Bauer, who has kind of made things interesting, at least. Um I think like uh Gerard Hamilton from power Mizzou said this morning, if it's a battle between a, uh, a walk-on and a scholarship guy and neck and neck, I'm going to guess they're going to give it to the scholarship guy. Um, So that's my guess. I agree with that, that take. And I think it's probably going to be Riley Williams at punter. Um, But it sounds like that's pretty even. And so I don't really care. Like, it's punning, if as long as they kick it high and you know don't outkick <laughs> the coverage, do your thing. You know, yeah, I'm
1: with you on that. I, to, honestly, for me, it's one of the more surprising position battles uh, of the camp. I mean, a lot of these, you know, obviously there were there were big, there's been big question marks, or you know, you knew that you had to find answers. Uh, Hunter was not one of them in terms right. of. Did not anticipate them bringing in a scholarship punter, and then we're this late into this, the you know, fall camp, and they're saying we don't know who's going to punt. I mean, honestly, I could see a situation where, much like I think we'll see two quarterbacks in week one, I could see us seeing two punters in week one. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like you said, you're probably going to go with the scholarship kid. Um, if for any reason it's because you brought him in because you're comfortable with him you know you Mm -hmm. don't recruit you don't recruit a punter to be like this is the game-changing dude that we need it's you bring him in to say all right i don't have to worry about that position anymore and um you know riley williams you know the fcs level showed that he's not gonna you know shank it out for a 20-yard punt and uh that's what nightmares are made of so i think probably he'll be the starter (laughs) um but you know i mean i think luke Luke bauer and probably the first game will get a chance and if he you know, launches 165 yards, then that could change things. But um, right, it is kind of funny. It's kind of interesting that that's one of the the battles that it sounds like has been one of the most contested in camp this year.
0: Yeah. And then um, the other, I guess, other special teams, long snapper. I don't even really want to know who our long snapper is because if I know the long snapper's name, I'm (laughs) mad. Um, yes, so I didn't yeah. even look up to see who our long snapper is going to be. No. If I learn his name, good. So that's yeah. if, if, if in a later podcast I start talking about a long snapper, I'm having a good time. Um, yeah, shield, shield the ears of your children because customers right. are going to come after it, right? That, that podcast will be marked explicit for sure. <laughs> um, obviously, Luther Burden is going to return punts. Um, you know, I assume he, he's gonna be the punt returner until he graduates. Um, kick returner. Uh I think they put Abrams Drain back there. Uh they've put Nate Peat back there. Oh sorry, Nathaniel Peat back there. Um I think even Tavoris Jones got a kick mm-hmm. return last year. Um I don't think they I don't think they really expect kick return touchdowns they just want somebody that's going to make a good decision and you know decide whether to let it go out the back of the end zone or to fair catch or to actually try to run it to the 25.
1: Yeah yeah I think and I think I mean a lot of times for the kickoffs I mean they might just tell the dude don't even return it I think probably the more a little bit not that it's terribly important but more important person is you know, punt returns just because there's a little more danger and fumbling there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I think I think probably Luther Burden will take that role unless he doesn't want it. Um, but I'm sure he wants the ball in his hands. So I think we're in good shape there. You know, when it comes to kickoff returns, we'll find somebody that's plenty quick. And if they get told not to run it out of the end zone, they're not going to run it out of the end zone. So right. um,
0: yeah. they want somebody Again, fast, but that follows directions.
1: <laughs> correct.
0: Exactly right.
1: So, and I'm sure they and they've got a lot of they got a lot of speed on the roster this year more than more than last year, I think, uh, in terms of just pure athleticism. So, I, I think they'll be in good shape.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's you know we're not obviously going to go break down who's blocking on kick return team and who's doing all that. So that's that's special teams kicker punter um, unnamed long snapper that we don't
1: <laughs> we don't, don't want to know, know. we don't
0: want to know his name. Um, and then punt returner and kick returner. That's, we covered it. So that is every position group. We are now done with, um, position previews just in time to enter game week. So, um, and we are playing early obviously on a Thursday night, but there are week zero games. So let's, uh, let's take a quick little break here. Um, uh, another unsponsored break if, uh, you know, five, seven, three T's you want to, Hey, they got Once a really our break. t-shirt out. They gotta really That cool death, row, death Row Defense t-shirt that I tweeted about, that was uh, that is awesome. And I will be getting one of those. Um, might go down there this weekend if it's not still a million yep. degrees outside. But if you need a gold shirt, go get that one. Right. Uh, but, yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with uh, week zero preview. We're out of time
1: we're not done
0: we're back <laughs> we're back so that was our our unsponsor break uh and difficulties of joe pressing the wrong buttons and not really knowing how to edit the audio very well so Apologies for all that. If you thought we were done with the podcast, we are not. We are back with uh, – we're actually going to talk about some some actual football games. Um, like I said, Mizzou plays early. We play on a Thursday, but we are not the first week of games. Um, you know, week zero is this Saturday, uh, which is August 26th, I believe. Um, and so there's, I don't know, ten games, seven games, something like that. Yeah. Um Think what? What game are you most looking forward to week zero? Ooh, what are you? What well, are you? What's your must-watch game of the of the week? Ooh. well, I don't know.
1: It's week zero. There very rarely <laughs> is there a must is there a must-watch game. I don't know that I'd consider any of these must-watch. But I'll say the one I'm probably most excited about is uh, Notre Dame versus Navy. They're playing in Dublin, and To be honest with you, the reason why it's the one I'm most looking forward to has nothing to do other than it's the first. And so I think it's a 2.30 kickoff Eastern time. Um,
0: It's the first kickoff.
1: for most of our listeners. 1.30 for most of our listeners. Um, But, yes, it's it's the first kickoff of the season, and I'm just excited for college football. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one probably more than anything. And, you know, I did grow up in the Midwest Catholic, so – I do do not mind watching Notre Dame win football
0: games. So Um, what about you? Uh, I like watching Notre Dame lose football games. Um, So it'd be fun if Navy beat them in Dublin, Um, you know, wouldn't be the first time our Navy came back from Europe with a victory. Um, So, (laughs) you know, um, I, that would be, that would be great. Uh, Wouldn't be the second time either wouldn't be the second time either that's correct um and uh so yeah i think notre dame navy is a a good one um i mean i'll watch the the hawaii vanderbilt game just because it's vanderbilt sec um i'll probably even watch the like the utep jacksonville state game because that'll be on in between navy -Navy notre (laughs) dame and, and hawaii vanderbilt um, and then during Hawaii Vanderbilt, I'll probably put on the USC game, uh, like on my computer or something, just because. I don't know. I mean, I think you just USC, love I love football. I think USC is probably a little overhyped, but I do think that you know Caleb Williams goes into the season, um, you know, Heisman fa- Heisman favorite. Um, yeah. The the kind of Twitter rivalry between Mizzou and Oklahoma right now has caused me to kind of like Caleb Williams a little more because it's just funny because um, he, <laughs> he, he just left, um, you know, and he had a really good season for them and then just left, and that's just funny. Um, so, you know, I'll watch that a little bit. Um, and I, to be honest, I, I won't probably watch much other USC football just because there will be in other, other weeks there will be SEC football yeah. on. That real football, watch. yeah, yeah, real man football, um, man. <laughs> and so I'll, I, I kind of want to watch that game too. Um, you know, I'm sure Vandy Hawaii is going to be just brutal. <laughs> I tell,
1: hey, I tell you what, last year I remember sitting on the couch that first Saturday. Started off, I think it was uh, Nebraska versus Northwestern. And oh, yeah, that was absolutely painful to watch. And I watched a whole bunch of really crappy football for until literally I watched to the end of the Vanderbilt uh, Hawaii game, which started really late because I was out in Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm excited for it to be back. The one thing I will say is last year I remember watching the Vandy Hawaii game, thinking, I don't think Hawaii's good, but Vandy might be almost competitive this year. And yeah, that did turn out to be the case. So every once in a while, you kind of watch and, and maybe learn a little bit but for the most part i think it's just the excitement of football being back
0: yeah yeah so um yeah any predictions on i mean i feel like none of these games are like none of these games are going to be evenly matched that i can see they shouldn't be yeah none of these I mean, games should be close notre dame should beat navy obviously i think vanderbilt's going to beat hawaii cuz hawaii is not very good um and hasn't been since what's his face what was their what was their quarterback's name colt brennan yeah the, colt brennan
1: they were really yeah. good for a couple of years there yeah they were they
0: yeah um i used to play with them on ncaa football just
1: uh sting the
0: ball around yeah. Yeah. yeah uh but vandy will win that game and usc will obviously beat san jose state um, so I don't know if there's really any hot takes we can even give week 0 no, no hot takes. So, hey, I got a question for you. I'll get. I got a quick. Okay. One. Uh, this is a uh, what's more
1: likely just in the show. Okay. What, okay. Is Vandy is Vandy more likely to not finish last in the SEC or is Georgia more likely not to lose a game uh, in the SEC, or just not to lose a game this season?
0: Like so, which one is is more likely to happen? Georgia to win the SEC. Georgia. Is- Yeah, Georgia will Georgia Georgia to win thirteen
1: games, uh, the first twelve, and then the the SEC championship game, or Vandy finish uh, not last in the SEC East.
0: As good as Vandy might end up being, I just they're not gonna be better than the other six teams. Like, they're still not going to – they're still going to be the worst team in the SEC East. But I think that, you know, that coach is going to have them playing fundamental football and they might steal a couple games. But I don't I, – I don't know. I'd have to really look and, and go deep into how the schedule mm-hmm. would play out. I don't know if there's going to be a team that, you know, even if Vandy wins three games in the SEC East, I don't know if there's going to be a team that – I mean, yeah, I guess if they win three, then – there'll be a team that wins less than that. I don't know who it would be. Um, I guess South Carolina or.
1: You hope it's not us. Definitely Florida would be. I mean, I think Florida. there's a chance. I think there's a chance Florida goes up to Utah, and gets whooped. And I think in their first. Just yeah. in their first five games, they play, they play at Utah. I think they play Tennessee. Uh, they might play Georgia. And South, I don't know. They play like they have run through a gauntlet the first five games. And I could see a situation where.
0: They're like 1-4 they oh, yeah,
1: at that point. basically yeah. fired their coach. Yeah, I think they had McNeese State or somebody in there. But anyway, I think I could see a situation where somebody like Florida gets off to a slow start. Coach is clearly getting canned. Next thing you know, they finish the regular season with one uh, you know, conference victory, and, and Vanderbilt maybe wins two, yeah. sneaks two out. But, well, I guess let me look at
0: uh, – let me find Georgia's
1: schedule. Georgia's got be... absolutely an easy schedule. So who do they who do they pull from the West? Well, I think Auburn. And Mississippi State, maybe? I'd have to check. Do you have it pulled up?
0: They play they start with U T Martin, then play Ball State, then South Carolina, <laughs> okay. UAB. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Mizzou, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia Tech. Um, Ole Miss, yeah. Ole Miss and Tennessee are the only teams that are ranked to start the year that they play. Um, yeah. They have Ole Miss at home, Tennessee away. Um, yeah, I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be twelve and zero. Yeah, like um they are going to be 12 and 0. basically basically what's, what's my hot take though sleeping on Alabama too much i think they're sleeping on Alabama i think they're sleeping on Alabama i think everybody's decided that LSU is going to win the west and i don't think that's the case um you know Alabama hasn't hasn't had a elite team in long enough that they're going to come out and
1: i, I saw someone say what they were like Alabama hasn't been ranked this low since 2000 to start the season. And since 2017 and they won the title that year. And I'm like, they're ranked fourth. I mean, (laughs) it's
0: not not like, it's not like they're starting the season ranked, you know, 18. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, I think that there are people picking them. I don't think they're, I don't think they actually have bulletin board material of, you know, they suck. They're, they're down. I just think there's there's the hot pick right now is LSU is going to win the West, LSU. and I just don't, I don't, I don't think don't that's going to happen. I think Bama's going to win it, and probably then beat Georgia and just throw a wrench in everybody's plans.
1: Yeah, I think in the West, I'm just most excited about the conversation of whether or not Texas A&M can afford uh, Jimbo's, you know, seventy million dollar buyout. <laughs> there.
0: You got to watch oil futures. <laughs>
1: yep yeah well prices but, start going up then uh jimbo starts to get nervous yeah exactly well
0: nervous in that he's gonna get a 70 million dollar <laughs> payout to not to, to not go, work to go to go retire yeah. Tough so, life. yeah what a tough life but uh okay so those are our zero preview our hot takes on the sec um we you know went into that a little more than I think we planned to. Uh, but we'll uh we'll be We're back just here for some fun. Here for some fun, exactly. We'll be back in uh in a few days. Uh we'll preview the South Dakota whatever South Dakota's mascot. South, is. the South Dakota team with the football,
1: you know, players what on it.
0: Mascot, I honestly don't know what their mascot is. Um <laughs> it's probably like or, I mean there's like Jack Rabbits. That's one of them, right? I can't it's remember because their logos the coyotes, the bears. Be, oh, we'll go with so, that one. I, It's one of those. We'll find out before we do the preview show. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in a few days with that. We'll actually start talking about the upcoming opponent
1: for the for It'll the first time in,
0: for the first time in tailgate talk history. Oh, can't wait! A game week preview, so. Thanks for listening. Um, Appreciate it, Dad. Uh, See you next time. We'll see you next time.